So this morning, we're going to open up the Word of God in the first book of Kings, chapter 2. We're going to be reading about David and Solomon for a little while, and we're going to be looking at David's life, and it's so apt that Roger was sharing about, about David and his journey, but we're also going to be looking at Solomon's life, and we're going to see what one father said to his son, to the next generation about being a godly man, and how this young son lived in some of that, and at some point lost his way, but then also his father's story, and how his father also lost his way, but found his way back to God again. So let's read together 1 Kings chapter 2. We're starting there in verse 1. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. What an amazing moment. David is addressing his son, Solomon, right before the moment that he passes away. The next few verses tell the story of how there's still a conversation between the two of them and then David passes away. He says, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Just a realization there that there is that final end and, and David wanted to make sure that that moment counts. He wanted to make sure that all of his life counted and in this moment he can pass on the legacy, pass on the heritage of what it is to be a man after God's own heart. That's how the Bible describes David, a man after God's own heart. Even in his faults and his mistakes, in his brokenness, David was close to the Lord and he ended his life with victory. And the Bible saying that after he has served all of God's purposes for his generation, David passed away. And here he is with his son Solomon and he gives him a strong charge. He says, be strong and show yourself a man. And that's simply the title of my message this morning. Show yourself a man. Now I can almost imagine, as I say that, that some of the men are saying, well, challenge accepted. <laughs> There's something in the spirit of man to be challenged, to have to step up and to have to step in, to, to be strong, to show that we are men of God, to show that we've got our manliness uh, happening. And to prove my point this morning, I'm going to just mention a few things that men do as they like to be challenged. And I'm sure that most of you guys out there will at least score four out of seven. So all the kids and the wives, wherever you're around men or men of you by yourself this morning, just do a little bit of a score. But I bet you that we're going to have at least a four out of seven score for all you men. So here's seven things that men like to do or that describes men. First of all, Men like to look cool when they're working out. If you haven't noticed that, just go to the gym. Um, that's one thing that men do. Many of you guilty, just raise your hand and say guilty as pleaded. All right. <laughs> Let's go to the second one. Men try to, or at least once try to, or actually succeed at growing a beard at least once in their life. All the men say yes to that. I'm sorry if you're one of those who can't grow the beard. Well done for trying. So maybe some of you have got two out of two so far. Let's keep going. 
Some things that men like to do is to throw away the map or the GPS and get to the place all by themselves. If you're guilty, say guilty as charged. Another one, shout at the TV when we're watching sport. If you're out there, great. If you're four out of four, say four out of four, three out of four. Let's keep going. We've got three more examples left. Making or setting alight explosions. At any point of a man's life, there comes a moment where he wants to blow something up, right? <laughs> if that's you, shout amen. All right, two more. Being good at something stupid, like who can eat the most hot dogs or pizza slices or marshmallows. All right, don't know where your scores are, but I, I hope by now that all of you have at, re at least reached four out of seven. Last one. If you have flexed in the mirror before, say amen. And I just heard all of Somerset West say boldly, amen, as all the men agree to that. You see, there's something in the nature of man, as per God's design, that makes us want to accept a challenge, that makes us want to step into the occasion. And here David, in his last moments, in his last breaths, says, son, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to charge you. I'm sure when he said, show yourself a man, he had in, in his mind the idea that his son's heart would leap up to this idea. And he was definitely referring to much more than eating too many hot dogs with a beard. He was referring to the spirit of, of man that God has placed in man to rule, to reign, to conquer and to accept a challenge. And I believe this morning that God wants to speak to men about this challenge, what it is to show ourselves a man. Much more than David's desire to see Solomon do that, I believe was David's desire to see his son faithful to God and passing on the instructions of God to the next generation. He charges him first by saying, be strong. Then he says, show yourself a man. Then he says, how do you do this? Well, you do this by keeping the charge of the Lord and walking in his ways. But then in the scripture we read, we see how David wanted to double down on this idea. And then he reminds Solomon of God's own words to him, David. He says, son, I want to encourage you to be strong and show yourself a man and walk in God's ways. But let me remind you that the Lord promised to me that if my sons pay close attention to their way and walk in faithfulness before me, that Israel will not lack a man on the throne. And this morning, I believe that God wants to double down on some of our stories where you might have heard before that God wants you to be faithful, to walk in his ways, to be a man, to show yourself strong in this world. But this morning, I believe that our heavenly father wants to specifically reach out to your heart and share his personal expectations of you as a man as you walk before him. So as we look into the scripture as we investigate a little bit more, will you just open your heart and say, Lord, show me what it is that you want to say to me specifically as my heavenly father. Just like David spoke to his son, Father, will you speak like a good father to a son this morning? And pray that prayer and open up your heart. God charged Solomon through his son David by using the words, if your son's Pay close attention. And that's going to be a line that we're going to hear throughout this morning. Pay close attention. It's such a rich word. And it's something where, where, where it simply means to be narrowly observing the ways of God. To keep oneself. 
It's described in the Hebrew language as meaning to hedge oneself in as is with thorns. So the idea that God is bringing to David and his sons is, will you live in a way that you hedge yourself in as with thorns, that nothing from the outside can move you away from the course that you are meant to walk in. Guard yourself, narrowly observe yourself, pay close attention to what it is to be a man and walk in those ways. So this morning, we're going to look at four things that we need to pay close attention to as godly men. First of all, we see in this charge, godly men pay close attention to God's ways. True manhood is locked up in the ways of God and the ways of God alone. Anything else is counterfeit. It's a human invention. It's the work of the flesh. And the world really detests this idea that a man has to submit, that a man has to follow a higher way, that a man has to live according to God's ways. It's in our culture and our culture smells of the scent of self when it comes to men. Self-strength, self-sufficiency, self-doing, plan, whatever you want to call it this morning. If you want to sing it, I want to do things my way. But everything in, in the nature of this world and our culture says, no, men, you're going to live up to the life that you want. You're going to live up to the, the ways that you desire. But godly men pay close attention to walking in God's ways. And living according to his precepts and his ideas. It's in our jokes. It's in our bribes. Don't want someone else to touch the bribe because I need to be the man in this moment. I'm touching on some, some fiery topics this morning, right? It's in our movies. It's in our workplaces. The way of self. But godly men pay close attention to God's ways because in his ways we will find the definition of what it is to be fully man. Men, don't forget that you are God's workmanship, that the blueprint of your manhood is in the hands of your creator. And his way is the only correct way for you to discover what true manhood is and to be fully fulfilled as a man. Nothing that this culture offers can fulfill you. There might be a moment of satisfaction, but true fulfillment is in paying close attention to God's ways. Men love drinking at other fountains of temporary moments of pleasure, temporary moments of quenching a thirst. But those who pay close attention to God's ways are those who find the wellspring of life and keep drinking from that. And that wellspring of life, Jesus, I'm the water that once you drink this, you will never be thirsty again, is available to all of us. And I believe that David knew this. Because if we look at his life and how he lived and the Psalms he wrote, he understands something of God's ways being the only thing that fulfills and the only thing that satisfies. And in his last moments of life, he wanted to make sure that his sons know this going forward in the generations to come. We know David's story, how he's tripped up, how he has tried to quench his thirst by forcefully fulfilling his desires of the flesh abandoning the ways of God for his own. Yet David returned to God's ways. And here he is with his young son. And it's almost as if he's saying, Solomon, if there's anything I can tell you, don't make the mistakes I've made. Don't drink at the wells of, of momentary pleasures like I have. Abandon that. Why don't you pay close attention to walk in everything 
that God has given us. And he, he tells him how. The law of Moses. Go back to that, that law that God has given through, through the prophet and our leader Moses back in the day. Live your life according to that. Because in that, my son, in my old age, let me tell you, in that you will find fulfillment in life. I've, I've heard so many stories of, of dads and grandfathers and, and elderly men who so desperately want to have that moment to look at the young generation following behind and says, please don't make the mistakes we've made. Walk in the ways of God because it's worthwhile and within that you will be defined in everything that God has for you. The world is crying out for a generation of men who will pass on this message from one generation to another. There's a battle for the satisfaction of a man's heart. You know how you win that battle? You win it by surrendering. You win it by surrendering to God, submitting to His ways, to let Him win that battle in your life and to follow not your own, but His ways. Our ways will always lead to a dead-end street of disappointment and pain. But when we want to be strong and show ourselves a man, we live in God's ways. 1 Kings 2 verse 3 again. So that the Lord may establish His word that He spoke concerning me, saying, If your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul. David reminds Solomon of God's promise to him. He says, If you, David, and your sons pay close attention to walking faithfully in my ways, and then he says there are two ways to determine how to walk faithfully. He says, With all their heart and with all their soul. Two different words. Sometimes we, we make heart and soul the same concept. But here in, in the rich Hebrew language, two different things. He says, tell your sons and make sure that your sons walk faithfully with all their hearts. And their hearts speak of your inner man and your place of affections. So how do we walk in the ways of God? It starts with a heart that, that desires Jesus, that puts our affections onto Jesus puts our affections onto our Father and the things of Him and His kingdom and His ways, not anything in this world. And then secondly, remain faithful with all their souls. And the soul speaks here about your desire, your passion, your appetite, and your emotion. So right there, I'm speaking really straight to you this morning. Where's your desire at? Your passions. What have you developed an appetite for? Where, is your, where are your emotions leading you as a man? Is it to God and to His ways or away from God and away from His ways? You see, David, I believe, had such a deep heart and soul desire after God and we see it throughout the Psalms and in all of his writings. And probably one of the most striking pieces in poetry in the Word and I believe even in history is Psalm 119. Now, we're not sure whether David wrote this, but most scholars believe that he has. But that's that's irregardless of, of what God is saying to us out of Psalm 119. And I don't know if you know this, but it's 176 verses, the longest chapter in all of the Bible. But this is a poem specifically crafted in a very specific way. It's called an alphabetic acrostic, which means that each first letter of the line follows the Hebrew alphabet of 22 letters. And then the eight lines coming out of that first line is built upon that letter in the alphabet. So, so it's written meticulously, but all that Psalm 119 is saying is, love the ways of God. Look at His decrees. Fall in love with His law. Walk according to His plans. And I believe if we as men can do that 
we will become everything that God has designed us to be. In fact, if we as children of the Most High God can do that and love His ways and not our own, we will be defined in what it is that He has for us. Psalm 119 verse 1. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Joyful are those who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. That is just starting off one of the most amazing pieces of poetry in the Bible. So I want to challenge you this morning. Why don't you take Psalm 119 as your study this week? Because godly men pay close attention to walking in God's ways. Secondly, godly men pay close attention to faithfulness. Faithfulness. What a beautiful word to the ears of our Father. David says, Solomon, I want you to walk in faithfulness before God. Now, faithfulness explained in my own words, it's simply forsaking other things for the commitment to one thing. It's going to say that again. Faithfulness means forsaking other things to the commitment unto one thing. According to the Hebrew language, faithfulness here means to be stable, to be trustworthy, and to be truthful. And boy, is our world in need of men who are stable, trustworthy, and truthful. What a different idea the world paints of men. Childish, wimpish individuals who have no self-control and disregard any faithfulness for a new thrill. It is sad that that's what the world has reduced men to. But men of God pay close attention to their faithfulness. Faithfulness to their family, faithfulness to their wives, Faithfulness to their children, faithfulness to their friends, their community, their faith community, their workplaces. Do not fall for the lies that the enemy and the world presents that faithfulness is boring because faithfulness is a strength. I'm personally blessed by walking with so many men that live faithfulness in the greatest degree. The way that they, they, they walk in their lives with, with all areas of life it inspires me really. They teach me and when I have those moments of feeling like I want to give up just for, a, for living a little, I look at their examples and I'm encouraged to say, you know what, faithfulness is a strength. It is not a boring idea. It's not losing out on anything. In fact, it is gaining everything that the Father has for us. And as a son, I want to live in my Father's house with the fullness He has for me. So faithfulness is something that I hold on to and we can hold on to because it will lead us to everything that God has in store for us as a good Father. You see, our faithfulness goes beyond just us trying to be faithful. I think the key to faithfulness is simply this. And if you get this this morning, I, will, I believe it's going to become less of a strive and more of a stride in your life as you pursue God in faithfulness. And here's the key. Faithfulness to God is the key to faithfulness in all other relationships. Faithfulness to God is the key to faithfulness in all other relationships. So simply, and this is what David told Solomon, if you remain faithful to God, you will be a faithful man. You will be a faithful man in all spheres of your world. You will be a faithful man to your wife, to your children, to your family, to your community, and to your workplace. Let's see godly men rise up who are faithful to God, and because of that, they are faithful to all other areas of life. Whenever the enemy comes, and he does, with these temptations. Whenever the enemy comes and knocks at the door of my heart or my eyes, whatever the case might be, I don't think just about the effect that my decision will have on my earthly relationships. 
there's a higher place to go and that's to think what effect will this have in my father's eyes because I want to be faithful to my father and because I'm faithful to him and his ways and the way he wants me to live faithfulness to others becomes a way of life it's not something I've got to strive for it's something that I can simply walk in thirdly godly men pay close attention to God's purposes not our own but to God's purposes. Here David is saying to Solomon that he has a calling and he wants to remind him of his calling and his purpose and that is to lead and serve as the king of God's people. Throughout scripture we notice that God has created men to lead but not just leading for leading's sake but to lead in the purposes of God, to lead in the service of a greater kingdom, God's kingdom. And yet David is saying, Solomon, my son, remember that you are called to the throne to be a reigner and a ruler over the people of God. Remember your purpose. Don't neglect it. Pay close attention to living in that purpose. Don't build your own kingdom. Don't live for yourself, but live in the purposes of God. What would it look like if all of us as men follow the purpose of God wholeheartedly in all of life every single day? The promise is there. 1 Kings 2 verse 3 then you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. Men, our community need us to be on the thrones that God has created for us. Thrones of service, thrones of loving, thrones of, of purposefully living in the purposes of God. Because communities thrive when godly men lead. Families are whole when godly men lead. Workplaces prosper when godly men lead. A heart of leadership at the service of God's purposes creates safety for the people of God. It creates safety in our community. And this is such a space for restoration that I think God wants to come and minister to, to so many hearts to this morning and from this morning going forward. David said, Solomon, I want you to take this to heart that you will live according to that purpose that God has called you and not neglected, that you would take responsibility and live in everything that God has created you to be. If we can do that as men, our lives and our communities and the places we has called us to rule and reign will look so dramatically different because we're serving God's purposes and not our own. And I believe that Solomon took this to heart because just a chapter later, God appears to Solomon in a dream and he says, Solomon, I want to give you whatever your heart's desire is. And in that moment, Solomon had a choice to make. He can either ask for his own things and his own purposes, or he can ask after the purposes of the kingdom, and let's see what Solomon decided. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people. Solomon took the words of David, his father, to heart and says, Okay, I have an opportunity. God wants to give me anything. I could choose riches. I could choose wealth. I could choose overcoming my enemies. In fact, God says, you did well for not choosing any of these, but you did well for choosing understanding. Therefore, I'm going to give you all of these. And if we as men understand that we have to pay close attention to God's purposes, we will live in this wisdom that Solomon had to ask for understanding, to live in a way that will bless and serve others in our families and our communities. 
that we will build something lasting, that we will build something beyond ourselves, that we would build something of a legacy. Perhaps you've neglected to do this. Perhaps in this strange season that we are in of lockdown and just life being weird, you've neglected to look beyond your own need, your own personal desires, neglected to take up the purposes of God. Let Him come and restore that again this morning. Let the value of His purposes in your life increase once again. I want to end this morning by adding a little bit of a narrative that we didn't read about here today. And the point that I want to make here is godly men pay close attention to repentance. The story of David and Solomon is interesting. Both of them charged by God, called by God, appointed by God to walk in God's ways and according to God's purposes and be God's chosen king, anointed of God. They both had their moments of failure. They both had their moments of slipping up. Both of them at some point in their walk have neglected the ways of the Lord. But what's interesting is as we study the Bible is that David, Solomon's dad, came right back to the Lord in a moment of repentance. But the story of Solomon's life leaves us guessing whether he actually repented or not. You see, right in the beginning of the story, 1 Kings 3 verse 3, it said that Solomon loved the Lord walking in his statues except that he sacrificed and burnt incense at the high places. And then we read in 1 Kings 11 verse 6 to 7, So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not wholly follow the Lord as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a place for, for Chemos, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites on the mountain east of Jerusalem. Right in the beginning of Solomon's walk, there was a little something in his heart that was anti the ways of God. Even though he walked in the ways of God, there was something that he gave an open door for. In 1 Kings 3, we says that he went to the high places, which is where people would offer up sacrifices to false God, gods, and he would go and burn incense there. And then in 1 Kings 11, after he's chosen so many wives for himself from so many different nations, and God clearly said, this is not my way for my people, he then went and erected these massive places of worship for these false gods. And God came to him and said, Solomon, you have abandoned my way. The flip side of the story is that once in David's life, he also abandoned God's ways but he chose to return to God fully and wholeheartedly. We know the story of how David followed the desire of his own heart, looked at another man's wife, got that guy killed, ended up in a, in a relationship that God never intended for him, and then this woman fell pregnant with his first child, firstborn. And then something happened in David, which is something I want to encourage you with as godly men. You see, because godly men, yes, we walk in the ways of God. We walk according to our faithfulness. We walk according to His purposes. But there are the moments that we trip and we fail. We've heard it in Roger's story. It's in my story, and I know it's in all of our stories. So what do we do in that moment? Will we be like Solomon, who hears the word of God and just carry on? Because if you read the rest of the story, he just carried on with a whole lot of things. Or will we be like David, who turns our hearts back to God and repent? Go read Psalm 51. The psalm of repentance that David wrote. And he said, God, restore me. I've sinned. I've messed up. I've made a mistake. 
I've been unfaithful to your ways. And then what happened is the prophet Nathan came to David and says, because of your unfaithfulness to God's ways, God is going to take your firstborn son. He's going to take that child's life. And then we read in 1 Samuel chapter 12, how David went into his room by himself and he waited for God to deal with him. And he kept waiting and then his son passed away and his men were scared to come to David and tell him the son has passed because they were scared that David might take his own life because of the anguish of the soul. But 1 Samuel 12 verse 20 paints a beautiful picture. It says, Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Godly men pays close attention to repentance. Godly men gets to that place who be like, God, the consequences of my sin I will take as a man, but I am going to restore my worship unto you. In that moment that God has dealt in the consequence of David's sin, David stood up and he said, you are worthy of my praise. I'm restoring my heart back to you. And this is the message of the gospel, that because of Jesus, the consequences of sin which leads to death has changed. But because of Jesus, if we come with a repentance heart, we can receive life everlasting. So this morning, I want to conclude with this thought. If it's your desire to be a godly man, you will simply have to just look into the ways of God. Remain faithful to Him and you will be faithful in all areas of life. Live for a purpose greater than yourself. But if there's any charge in me this morning, Live a lifestyle of repentance. And when you make a mistake, like David, let God do what God needs to do, but turn your heart back to Him. Come back to the Father. Let Him restore you and restore your worship unto Him. Let your story not be one of Solomon that keeps the world guessing whether he turned back to God, but let it be the story of David who turned his life back to God fully and wholeheartedly.